Donald Trump and his sons, and of course his company, the Trump Organization, suffered a pretty massive setback in their New York fraud trial this week when one of their star witnesses, a guy they called, totally destroyed their entire defense. The man is a man named Doug Larson, who is a professional property appraiser with the uh, New York firm, real estate firm, Newmark. And Mr. Larson's name is listed in at least five years worth of Trump organization documents as the individual who appraised properties at multiple locations in New York. And they went with his numbers, put them in their documents, used them to get loans. So they said, Hey, Mr. Larson, you gave us these numbers. So come and testify about what you did to appraise these properties. And Mr. Larson said, I'd be more than happy to. So Larson gets up on the stand and the state attorney starts asking him questions. And that is when Mr. Larson revealed, I never appraised any of these properties. I, I didn't do that, which may explain why Mr. Larson was of course, so eager to testify to make sure people knew he didn't actually do the things that the Trump organization claims that he did. Let me read you this exchange that took place in court. Lawyer asks him, is it fair to say that Mr. Trump valued Trump tower at 526 million in conjunction with you? No, that is incorrect. Larson said. Were you aware that Mr. McConney was citing you as a valuation source in his work paper? No, I was not, Larson said. So according to Larson, I didn't appraise these properties. I didn't know they were putting my name on these things. And to, to be honest, that, that kind of makes you wonder why did the Trump lawyers even bother calling this guy if they, they knew he didn't do it? Like you're putting a witness on the stand that is going to 100% prove that you defrauded the banks. Like that's your witness. Okay. Letitia James didn't call this guy. You did. So several possibilities here. Let's run through them real quick. The first is that Mr. Larson is lying. Okay. If he's lying under oath and he's the one who gets in trouble, we got to take everything as a possibility, right? There is a chance that he did do the valuations. He's just lying because he doesn't want to get in trouble because he could get in trouble if he appraised them higher than what they actually were. So that's possibility. Number one, possibility. Number two is that the Trump organization forged his name on these documents. If that is the case, then the Trump organization should be looking at some kind of serious criminal charges for that possibility. Now, another possibility, this one also, by the way, bad, uh, for Mr. Larson is that he was supposed to do the appraisals. Like he was contracted to do them and just didn't do it and just kind of wrote stuff down. and was like, uh, here. So three possibilities there two of them bad for Larson, one of them very bad for the Trump organization. Again, if you're forging somebody else's name and assigning something to someone else and using that as a legal reference, then yeah, you've got serious legal 
consequences coming your way. Either way, Mr. Larson maintains he didn't do it. You know, he, he didn't appraise any of these properties. I think there's three or four of them. Um, even though his name's on these documents for five years and he says he didn't know. So again, I got to go back to why the hell has Alvin Bragg not brought criminal charges against the Trump organization? Why did Letitia James, the attorney general, who I think has done a great job by the way, but why did she bring this as a civil case instead of a criminal case? Cause we're finding out more and more stuff here during this trial that makes this look far more criminal than previously thought. Now, it is possible Bragg could bring criminal charges after all is said and done. Maybe he will. I think he definitely should because the claims made by Mr. Larson on the stand this week, not only, I mean, if they're accurate, of course, not only do they prove, boom, you got him on fraud, but you may have forgery in there as well. So it may be time to reopen those criminal investigations in Manhattan because this is looking far more serious than any of us realize to begin with. Republican Representative Don Bacon was one of the members of the group of 20 who voted against Jim Jordan as Speaker of the House during Tuesday's first vote, where Jim Jordan, of course, fell flat on his stupid looking face. But before Don Bacon voted against Jim Jordan on Tuesday, he says that his wife received multiple anonymous text messages and emails threatening bad things against her husband if he didn't vote to support Jim Jordan as Speaker of the House. Let me read you a couple of these text messages that Bacon has released. First one, and again, this is to a Republican congressman's wife. She's getting these texts and emails as she's just going about her day. One of them says, why is your husband causing chaos by not supporting Jim Jordan? I thought he was a team player. Bacon's wife responded simply, who is this? The anonymous sender then warned, your husband will not hold any political office ever again. What a disappoint and failure he is. They, they, they didn't say disappointment. He is a disappoint. Um, so not dealing with the smartest people, obviously. And then Bacon's wife replied, he has more courage than you. You won't put your name to your statements. Then she got another text message from a different person. This text message said, talk to your husband, tell him to step up and be a leader and help the Republican party get a speaker. There's too much going on in the world for all this going on in the Republican party. You guys take five steps forward and then turn around, take 20 steps backwards. No wonder our party always ends up getting screwed over. <sighs> Sorry, had to read it like that because this dumbass didn't put any punctuation in there. Again, who ties these people's shoes in the morning? Like who gets them dressed? And, and, and honestly, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but my God, I see it in the comments that conservatives send to me. Do these people not know how to punctuate a sentence? And that's rhetorical because no, they don't. They don't know how to use proper grammar. They can't spell to save their lives. They can't put punctuation in anything. These people are almost functionally illiterate and they got the audacity to sit here and act like we're the stupid ones. Y'all are like one step above going outside and eating rocks. That's how dumb you are. Sorry, I've been holding that in for quite a while. Now, back to this. 
Bacon's wife was apparently not the only uh, congressperson's family member who was receiving threatening text messages. In fact, according to this, uh, Jordan's vocal GOP defectors during today's failed speaker vote said they felt pressure to back him by allies, district party bosses, conservative influencers, and saw it as a coordinated message. Vote for Jordan or else. So conservative influencers out there in the media, we know we had Sean Hannity sending emails, you know, through his, whoever Stephanie is at his office, telling them you've got to vote for Jim Jordan. They're getting text messages. This is, this is deranged behavior, but it's coordinated deranged behavior from the Republican party. Like, how are you causing all this chaos? Bitch, who's the one who kicked Kevin McCarthy out as the speaker causing the chaos to begin with, you dumbasses? I mean, really, it's hard to hold in my anger when we're dealing with such stupidity. The entire Republican right has been brainwashed by these people they're listing, by the party bosses, by the conservative influencers, by conservative media. Y'all have been brainwashed by some of the biggest grifters in this country And you're too stupid to realize it. So you send your little stupid text messages. You send your stupid emails. You look like blithering morons. And the rest is history. Trust me, you're not helping Jim Jordan's cause when you send a threatening text message that doesn't even contain any punctuation. You're just showing how stupid your party is. Not to mention the fact that you don't remember that it was Matt Gates who started this chaos to begin with. The trial for former Trump lawyers Kenneth Chesbro and, of course, Sidney Powell is set to begin in Georgia in just a few days. But before we get the trial started, we got to go through a little thing called jury selection. And jury selection can make or break a case before it even begins. Jury selection is, of course, one of the most important phases of a trial. You get the wrong people, you're screwed from the start. So the lawyers for Sidney Powell and, of course, uh, Kenneth Chesbro, because they're being tried together, decided to tell the judge this past Monday, hey, judge, we got an idea. Before we get to jury selection, what we want to do is conduct what they called a Gallup poll. Because I, I, I guess they don't realize that Gallup is actually a company that does polling. Like, you don't call it a Gallup poll unless Gallup is the group actually doing it. But hey, you're just lawyers. Why would I expect you to know how things work? So that right off the bat is a bad sign for Powell and Chesbro that your lawyers don't even know. Like we could have just said, we want to conduct a poll, but you said Gallup poll, because I guess you think that that's a different kind of poll. And uh, wow, with, with, you know, just absolutely big brain mentality like that, how can they lose? Right? So anyway, they say, judge, Hey judge, We want to conduct a Gallup poll um, to get potential jurors' opinions of our clients and the other, you know, 17 other co-defendants before we, you know, choose to accept or reject them. These are attitudinal questions, they said. Attitudinal. And the the judge had to tell them, um, no, that's, that's actually not, uh, legal. It's not something you're allowed to do 
during jury selection because, as the judge said, you're basically asking these people what their judgment is going to be, right? You're asking them straight off the bat, hey, do you think this person's guilty or not before the trial even begins? And you can't do that. Like, there's rules, there's laws against that in jury selection. So here's the actual quote from the judge. We always had a hard line in the sand. We don't tell jurors to tell us how you'll vote. Part of the role a questionnaire does is to hone in on what matters. That doesn't throw out the general standards you're allowed to ask jurors, period. We're not supposed to be asking jurors to give their opinions up front. So the judge had to explain to these lawyers who are representing other lawyers how jury selection works. Yeah, if you think that bodes well for Sidney Powell and Kenneth Chesbrough and hell, even these lawyers representing them, then you are kidding yourselves. But the whole thing here, the reason they're even, you know, trying to effectively break the rules is because they are trying to taint the jury pool, right? They want to make sure that we don't get anybody in this jury that thinks that Sidney Powell's a wackadoo. We don't want to get anybody in that jury that thinks that Kenneth Chesbro is a charlatan. We want to make damn sure that we have nothing but the finest MAGA hat wearing freaks in that jury that you could imagine. And the judge had to tell them, sorry, but uh, that that's actually not how criminal trials work. I assumed you knew it, but apparently I've got to teach you everything as we go along. Again, Definitely not something you want to see your lawyers do when you're facing a minimum, minimum of five years in prison. This one's going to be fun once it starts. During a campaign event in Iowa this week, Donald Trump told a crowd of people that military officials were, quote, some of the dumbest people I've ever met. The man who the day before had become distracted by a fly says that it's the military generals that are just too darn stupid to be able to do their jobs. The man who looked directly at the eclipse a couple years ago, even though everybody said, make sure you don't do that. You could damage your eyes, but he still, (laughs) he thinks that military officials are too stupid to do their jobs. The man who actually suggested injecting bleach or injecting light in order to fight COVID thinks that military officials are too dumb. Should I continue? Like, do you want me to give you more examples of how stupid Donald Trump is and how crazy it is for him to call other people stupid? Or do you get the idea? Here's what he said. I don't want to tell you what I had to go through with these people. Some of the dumbest people I've ever met in my life. Some of the dumbest people I've ever met in my life, he says. And in context, by the way, he was talking about, of course, General Mark Milley, who he now hates. Uh, And Milley was telling him, hey, it's actually cheaper if we leave some of this military equipment in Afghanistan rather than trying to work out the logistics to bring it home. 
And Trump's like, that. how can that be? You just put just put gas in the plane and fly the plane back because Trump doesn't understand something called logistics. It's not as simple as like, all right, just gas up the jet, fly it on back. Here we go. Like that's, that's not how that works at all. But of course, Donald Trump is not somebody who, whoever you know, served in the military. So he doesn't understand logistics. I never served, but I still understand logistics, but Trump does not because he is in fact stupid. But Here's the reason Donald Trump does things like that. Trump always has to project that he is the best. He is the strongest. He is the smartest. He is the best looking. He has to do that for these crowds because that's part of the cult of personality, right? He is smarter than everyone else. It doesn't matter if you're a four-star general in the military, you're stupid compared to Donald Trump. You can't understand things the way that Donald Trump can understand things. It doesn't matter if you're a seasoned, you know, reporter who understands all of this or a scientist or a doctor. No, Trump is smarter than you. And that of course is the image he projects that causes these, you know, dumb people, let's be honest, to gravitate towards him. That is why they worship him because they view him as these things. He is wealthier. He is smarter. He is in better shape. He is better looking. These are all things, by the way, that Donald Trump has brought up himself within the last month alone on the campaign trail. He actually said, you know, a week or so ago, he's in better shape than Biden. He said he could beat up Biden in a fight. I mean, you, you can literally look at the two men and see that one is out of shape and one is in shape regardless of age, but he projects this image, his cult followers eat it up because the, even though they can see the difference, you know, between the intellect, they can see the difference in the body type. They don't care if he says it, it's true. If he says it, I'll believe it because I want to believe it because I've now kind of based my whole personality on loving and admiring Donald Trump. Not a smart move, but we're not dealing with smart people. And when it comes to smart people, I don't think there's very many people in this country at all that Donald Donald Trump is smarter than. In fact, the only people he is smarter than are the people who blindly follow him. As for the military officials, I may not agree with every decision they make, They may be way too hawkish for my liking, but I'm willing to bet each and every one of them is a million times more intelligent than Donald J. Trump. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.